Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Um, and if you turn in your Bibles, please, this morning, I'm just going to bring the Word of God just this morning. It's good to hear the Word, Amen. Chapter 16, uh, we're going to be reading this morning, Acts 16, and verse 16 as well. It says this, verse 16 says, Once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She had a great deal of money for her owners by, for, by fortune telling. She followed Paul, that's Apostle Paul, and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly... There was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? This is a staggering story. I love, and uh, since we're talking, we've, we've got a man in the room that I think, I don't know if you've been in prison, but... It's a staggering story to believe. If you ever want to be in jail, you want to be in jail at a time like this when the doors fling open and you don't have to do much other than see God do that for you. But this is an amazing story because in this story, Paul and Silas, Paul's on his second missionary journey and they end up banged up in a cell literally for saying something to the fortune teller. They're on their way through this town. This fortune teller has been hassling them for days and days. And she keeps saying things to them. In fact, do you know what she says to them is actually true? What she's saying about them both is all true. She's saying these men are telling you the way to be saved. So she was actually doing something in a sense which looked good. How many of you know that the enemy 
he disguises himself sometimes in the good. And what she was doing was good. And they end up getting pretty annoyed. Paul turns around and, and, and says the, to the spirit to come out of her. And ends up literally in the next scene, he's banged up in the prison. He says that they put them in an inner cell. An inner cell would have been, if you look at an inner cell up in that time, would have been the darkest cell because it was the most safest, it was the most secure to get them deep in the jail in this inner cell. So there they were with literally part one. They're walking through the streets. They're on the second missionary journey. Second thing happens. They're banged up in this jail and they're in stocks. It says their feet put into stocks. But one of the most craziest things about this story I love is that they get out of jail. But they get out of jail by worshipping. How many of you know, if you've read that story before, it's not just because Jesus showed up and did the impossible, but there is one thing, key thing that they did. He says this, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but right at the beginning of that scripture, it says that they were on their way to pray. They were on their way to the place of prayer. And on their way to the place of prayer, they end up dealing with this issue, getting banged up into prison, And now they learn how to pray and worship. I want to talk just a few moments today because I really felt that the Lord put this on my heart to share about true worship. What worship really is about for you. And it's not just about singing the latest song. It's not just about singing the latest cool song that's got some great chords in it. I can play the guitar to some degree, but not great. Some people know music inside out. And I talk to people about the latest songs, and they could tell you all the different types of chords. Listen, the way that music and worship is going these days in our culture is that people are, it's getting so fashionable that it's, no, it's losing its authenticity about what true worship actually really is. These guys who were in this prison, they knew what worship was. And I want to encourage you today, whatever background, whatever you understand worship to be, however long you've been a Christian, whatever you know about singing songs and coming to church, you might just think that when we come and worship God, it's just about singing five songs on a Sunday morning, and that's it, and feel good, and then go home and listen to the tracks again. Listen to me, worship is far bigger. It is far bigger because it is the thing, as you've seen in this story, that shook the foundations of the earth and opened the cell doors and took them out of their circumstance. Jesus said this in John chapter 4, verse 23 to 24, to the Samaritan woman. He says, a time is coming, speaking of the future, and has now come as well, he said, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. Our worship should be a heart's response, not a voice response. It shouldn't be just something in the mind. But our worship should be a heart's response to God. Our spirit becomes alive. When, so when God does something special in our lives, like we've just heard from Simon, when he changes from the inside out and his spirit is put on the inside of us, it should automatically stir us to want to worship him. And that's not about limiting it to a few songs on Sunday or on a Tuesday. It's not about this. It's about constant worship. C.S. Lewis wrote this. Only in the act of praise and worship can a person learn to believe in the goodness and greatness of God. Only in that place. 
So what can we learn today from worship? What do we learn from this story? Number one today, and I'm going to be quite quick today going through, but number one today is this. Be centralized. Be centralized. The title of the message today is Way Out Worship. Way Out Worship. Number one is to be centralized. One of the most important things we should do is keep Jesus at the center. Keep Jesus at the center of our worship. Do you know what? There's so many places I go to some days. And I go to churches. Or I hear people. And I watch it online. And I listen to songs that have been written these days. And believe you and me, Jesus is barely mentioned in them. It sounds like a love song. Now it's all good and well for the person who knows about Jesus. It's all good and well for the person who knows and they've been saved. But listen, when people sometimes hear these songs, we're getting so wrapped up in the nice sounds and the words and the lyrics. We need to make sure that Jesus is kept at the very center and essence of who we worship. Why are we worshiping him? And sometimes, you know, even as a as leading worship myself, one of the things I do, people don't know this, but I sometimes, I'm, I'm very selective over songs I choose, not just because of songs that nice tunes, but songs that make sure they mention Jesus. I don't want to be in the future a church that is on fire for God and doing all the great things, great music, great worship, but we lose the essence of what we're actually doing it for. Listen to me, I've been in groups of people, six, seven people in a room, worshipping God with no musical instruments whatsoever. And I've had some of the most greatest encounters with God. Listen, you don't need all this kind of stuff. If you worship in spirit and truth, you know about it. You know about it. And I want to encourage you today that let's not get deceived by losing the focus You see, these guys were walking down the street one day. Why do I say this? These guys were walking down the street. They were were on their second missionary journey. They were enjoying doing the things for God. And they're walking down the street and this slave girl keeps pestering them. And she keeps saying good things. And she's saying, oh, these guys are great. They can lead you to how to be saved. She was earning lots of money, it says, for her owners. But listen to this. I really believe that as far as Paul got annoyed, there was a temptation to lose the focus on where they were going and what they were doing and what it was all about. Because what the enemy began to do is not say, don't listen to these men through the fortune teller. He began to use her devilish skills to make sure that it merged everything they were doing with what the enemy was about, to lose focus on Jesus. There could have been a temptation for Paul and Silas to think, do you know what? She makes lots of money fortune telling, using spiritual gifts. We could we could do the same. We could be, look at what we're doing. We're seeing miracles, we're seeing healings, we're seeing dead rays, we're seeing all these kind of things. We could... Be part of this. We're all the same thing really. It's all spiritual isn't it? And they could have lost the very focus of where they were going. It says they were on their play, on their way to the place of prayer. How many of you know that the enemy subtly comes in and attacks you right when you're on the, on the focus to Jesus and he comes subtly to try and take you away from your walk? Listen to me. This is key. I've never looked at this in the scripture before, but I really believe there's something about this that they were, for days they were watching her. They see her make lots of money. 
But they, they could easily lose their focus and wrap up the enemy with God. And everything becomes so out of focus and blurred. But Jesus says to today, you need to refocus You need to focus on me. You see, the thing is this, that what he did was he turned around and he got annoyed and then he said, Spirit, come out of her now in the name of Jesus. He put the focus back on where they were going, the focus on their objective and the focus that it's, listen, you might be saying some good things, you're confusing the issue, you're putting things totally out of focus here, I'm going to totally refocus this and put it back into HD that we're all about Jesus Christ. 1080p, crystal clear, this is what we're about. And literally he turns around the spirit leaves her. I want to encourage you today that you need to refocus, get your focus back on in worship. Who is it all about? It's about Jesus. How many of you saw just this week, there were some images came through from NASA. I love seeing pictures about space. Pictures from NASA, I think it was, that they sent out this little spaceship 10 years ago to go up towards Pluto, which is apparently uh, so many billion miles away from Earth or the sun, uh, 37 billion miles, to get some pictures. They sent this thing 10 years ago. Ten years. Surely if they sent it now, it'd go there a lot faster. Ten years it took. I saw someone on Facebook the other day. They put, I can't believe we can get HD pictures back from Pluto with the technology, but I can't even get a signal in Ely on my phone. You know, what did we get back? After ten years, they send this thing. They focused, when they sent that spaceship, listen, it was designed, it was sent on a path to go exactly for its mission to go past and get exactly 10 years later what it needed to send back to earth. In, in, in crystal clear pictures of showing the surface of this, of, of this planet. Listen to me. We need to not lose focus. When they sent that, when they sent out this device and it took 10 years, I'm sure through the 10 years, technology, things started cropping up that were far greater than what they'd sent 10 years ago. But they never lost their objective. They were all there on the very last day when it arrives and it takes the pictures. They wanted to get the objective, which was to see and focus on one thing, Pluto, to get these pictures. Listen to me. We need to keep our focus. The enemy will use subtle things to take you off focus in worship. Stay focused. Stay focused. You see, there's so many things today, and I said it earlier, that worship, it can get to a a problem I see so many times, is that worship these days, it looks like a fashion parade. I turn on the TV sometimes, I'm sorry to say this, and I hope you're not offended, you might love it, but listen to me, I'm not, I'm not out of touch, I don't, it's not that I don't like fashion, but listen to me, worship's not about fashion. Worship's not about the latest sound. Or the latest thing that you can wear or the way you dance when you worship. It is all about Jesus Christ. When a spirit is in, alive in Christ, worshipping him in spirit and truth. Listen to me. We've got to start singing our songs in tongues. We've got to start singing our songs. Letting it flow from our innermost being. Flowing from our hearts. Let's stop looking at the words and people telling us all the time what we need to sing. Let's sing it. Do you know what? I grew up, the reason I preach like this is because I grew up in a church. My grandma, my granddad, 
all of them, there were loads of people in my family, I grew up watching them worshipping even when there was no songs being put up. I saw true, utter worship. I just saw it there. So I've grown up with this. I've seen it. And I want to encourage you today. There's a tendency it's going to go down the line that we just get so close to what the world has to offer. We'll lose the focus. And I'm not saying that it's bad to have all these things. I believe that we can have both in some respects. But we've got to be careful, just like I said a minute ago. That the subtlety of the enemy that comes, just like the slave girl, mixing good and bad, becomes a grey area that we begin to not really see the differences and we end up leading ourselves down the wrong path. We've just got to be careful. Number two today is to be consistent. Be consistent with our worship. What happens is Paul and Silas get thrown into the prison. They're on their way to the place of prayer. The next minute, they find themselves locked in. Just picture this. Some of us read this text so quickly, but I want you to just get this image in your mind. They're on their way to the revival meeting. They're on their way to have a great meeting. You know, they're on their way to Voice in the City. uk. Tickets five pounds. They're on their way. To the place of prayer. They're, they're in for a good meeting. Second missionary journey. You know, they want to see some good things. Listen, halfway there, they, they do something for God. They cast out an evil spirit. Come on, this sounds great, doesn't it? I want to be around with these guys. Next minute, who wants to be around these guys when they're in prison? Oh, there goes the team. No one wants to be around them now. They loved it when the spirits were flying out. They loved it when they're operating in the miraculous. But boy, oh boy, as soon as it gets like this, and the, they find themselves in a dark inner cell where it's pitch black, they can't even see probably their hand in front of their face, and they're locked in stock so they can't even move. Anyone joining? Anyone want to be part of this ministry? But look, I love this me. That they were consistent in their worship. They did not change their stance. Listen to me. Life for you tomorrow and life for you today might be difficult. You might find that you at the moment feel like you were on the way to the great prayer meeting. You were enjoying things to the greatest degree in God. Then all of a sudden, out of the blue, serving God, you found yourself right there in a position, not maybe in a a cell jail, but you in life feel like you're in a prison. You feel like you can't really see a way forward and, and in fact you can't even move you can't you're fixed in position and you feel locked and bound by your circumstances now what are you going to do are we going to worship in the same way are we going to look to jesus in the same way or have we are we going to cave in listen to me i'm not saying that it's not hard to worship listen i've sometimes come and i think i can't even find it the strength to sing songs and, and I'm, and I'm, listen, we're being honest today. We've had, we've had some honesty, haven't we, this morning about how, how we live our lives. Listen, I've sometimes come to church and I find it difficult to praise and worship when their circumstances are so heavy on my life. Listen, I know what it feels like. So listen to me. We all know this, but this is why the Bible shows us these stories because it shows us that there is a way forward. That not to give up because the enemy wants to say to you, do not worship when you feel like this. Pray and ask God, what's the problem? 
Ask him what's the issue. Why is this happening? Why do I feel like this? That's what the enemy wants us to do. But Jesus says, listen, the key is to worship. The key is to be consistent. The key is not to change whether you're on the way to the revival meeting or you're in the prison cell, is to keep consistent. And I want to encourage you today that when they were in that inner cell and it was dark, he says about midnight... So they must have been there quite a while and midnight probably even gets darker if there's a little bit of glimmer of light coming in the cell. But whatever it was like, who knows? All I'm saying is this, picture it. If it was a dark cell, right there and then, they were both sat there, locked up. Do you think it sounds like a great idea if one of them turned to you and said, how are we going to get out of here? And he said, well, I think, do you know the best thing to do is let's sing, I am running. Chasing after all. No, we can't run, we're, we're locked in stocks. We can't do this. He's worthy of it all. Well, is he really? Because look, I don't feel like he's worthy of it all when I cannot move and I cannot see around me. But listen to me. At midnight it says this, that they worshipped and praised. He says they prayed as well. But they worshipped God. We need to be consistent However we may feel, whether it feels damp and cold in our lives, just like them, it feels like we're not in the most comfortable situation. Is to worship God way out, extravagantly, but also to get ourselves out of our situation. I think God sometimes looks at our hearts to see how do we respond. He allows certain things to come into place and people think, why is he doing this? And they blame God, but God allows these things to shape us, to mold us, to see how we will respond to him in worship. They worshipped when the going got tough. They worshipped when the going got tough, not when the songs got faster. They worshipped when the going got really, really tough, not because the songs sounded nicer. But they worshipped when they needed to. And they really saw the fruit of that. Hebrews 13.15. The writer says this. Through Jesus, therefore let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of the lips that openly profess his name. They couldn't call the Samaritans. They couldn't call them right there in the cell. They couldn't say we're in trouble. They couldn't say we need your help. And they couldn't, even if they shouted in anger, but yes, they still chose to worship Jesus. To lift his name high. I love it that it says this, that even the people around them started listening first. He didn't just say that the prison cell doors opened. He says people around started to listen. Listen to me. When you worship in your most troubled time, people around you will get affected. Before the breakthrough comes, some people are waiting for the breakthrough. People will say, how on earth can they worship Jesus through this time? How? These people must have been sat in the cell thinking, they're in the inner cell, they're in the worst one. Listen to these guys. They're locked up. But yet they're still worshipping. I want to encourage you not to give up. To keep on Worshipping, not just singing the songs on Sunday, but worshipping all day, all the time to God. 
First the people listened. But next, I love this bit. A violent earthquake happens. The ground shakes. Shakes the very foundations of their problem. It shakes the very foundations of the court. Listen to me. I don't know. Do you know what it feels like to be in an earthquake? Some of you may have been in major earthquakes. I don't know. I know that a few years back, Peter Cavana, the previous minister who was here, I was out with him one evening. We'd been out and I was sat in the car. We used to have long conversations. I'd be sat in the car. And one o'clock in the morning, I get out of the car, walk into my house. This is in Cambridge. And I, uh, and I go upstairs, get into bed, I creep in because Emma's asleep and my main challenge was trying to get into bed without waking Emma. And I get into bed and I'm laid there. Listen to me, it was about one o'clock in the morning. Quarter, I always remember it's about quarter past one. I'm laid there just thinking about what I'd just been doing and talking about and trying to get to sleep. Then all of a sudden, this is in, in Cambridge, all of a sudden, the whole of our house shook. Honestly, have you ever had that feeling where you think Jesus has returned? And you look around you and you, you're phoning people up just to check if they're here because you're checking whether you still, you really are saved. You're like, I'm going to check, am I saved? Are there are people here? If I ring that person up who's super spiritual, then if they're still here, then surely Jesus has not come yet. And I was laid there in bed and this, honestly, the bed shook and I thought, is this it? And I was waiting for the trumpet sound. But it didn't happen. Then I went from my next thoughts were, what on earth is this? Has someone just sent a bulldozer into the house? And then Emma wakes up. She misses the first bit when I was thinking Jesus was coming. Then she wakes up and I said, what on earth was that? She said, it must have been an earthquake. She just said it straight away. I'm like, an earthquake in Cambridge? Do we get these? So she says, put the radio on. So we put the radio on and straight away on the radio they're saying, what was that? An earthquake? And everyone's talking about it. Listen to me. When the ground shakes, when the foundations shake, listen, you could be the most powerful person on this earth. But when God determines and shakes the very foundations of the earth, you realize how small you are. He has the power to shake the foundations of the earth of his command. And listen to me, as they start to worship, you might think that your words of worship songs mean nothing at all, but they have the power to trigger God into action to shake the very foundations of your circumstance. Don't dismiss it. Listen, the enemy wants you to think, don't pray, don't worship, blame God. He said that to Job. He was trying to get Job through his mates to blame God all the time. But listen to me, do not blame God. God is looking for our responses to say, listen, I'm going to worship whatever happens. And I'm going to believe that my songs from the heart will shake the foundations of my circumstance so that God will set me free and bring something good of this. Amen. I want to encourage you today not to give up. That the foundations can be shaken. In Matthew 27 I want you to just look for just a glimpse at a very similar story. Because when Jesus dies, or he comes to, he's coming just about to pass away on the cross. He says, why have you forsaken me? To his father. You see, the Bible says that Jesus, all the sin of man was laid upon him. That moment... God had to turn away 
Because of the sin of humanity upon his own son. And he asked the question, why have you forsaken me? If you think that your situation and your circumstance in your prison is great. Listen, Jesus, he knew what it felt like to be pierced, whipped, beaten, marred beyond human description. But also to feel like that his father had left him. To feel like it was in darkness. It says that darkness came over the whole land. Listen, he might not have been in a cell, but darkness came. His point came when darkness came and he felt that the father had abandoned him. He felt that everything he'd just gone to the cross for was, is this really, is this really what I'm supposed to do? Father, why have you left me? What does he do? He might not sing a song of worship. He might not sing the latest song. But it says this in Luke 23, 4-6. It accounts of what Jesus said after he said, Why have you forsaken me? And darkness had come over the land and he felt like he had been abandoned. He says, Jesus called out in a loud voice. Jesus called out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Hallelujah. Listen, he didn't say, Father, you've abandoned me. I don't like this. In fact, guys, you've been saying to me that angels could help me down off this cross. Um, I've had enough. My father's not helping me. He didn't. He still submitted to the father. And he shouted aloud. And he said, into my hands, into your hands, I commit my spirit. In other words, he was worshipping. He, he focused again. He refocused again his lens and said, Father, I know why I'm here. I know this looks dark. I know it feels like you've forsaken me. But I know that if I focus on you and I shout aloud to you and I commit myself to you and not to the things around me and the surroundings, what I'm seeing, if I commit myself to you, then I know that it will come through. And what happened then? He died for you and me. And he was resurrected. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for each and every one of us. He refocused his lens. Finally, number three, we need to be continual. Continual in our worship. Our worship should even continue when we're out of the dark. Listen to me. There's so many people, they love to sing the worship songs and things are great. Some people, when they're in the battles and circumstances, they can worship because they've seen God break through before and they understand. But sometimes people get into a position where when they come out of the darkness and they're in victory, that life's so good that they forget about who they're supposed to be worshipping. And they're not continual. We need to be consistent, meaning consistent whatever comes our way but also continual even when we get the victory. Do you understand what I'm saying? Three, be continual. When we're out of the dark, when our earthquake's finished, the dust is settled and everyone's there. Listen, in that jail it says this, that the earth shook. Then all of a sudden, after the earthquake, they must have been thinking, is Jesus coming back again? And then all of a sudden, these doors fling open. The jailer, He's more fearful than they are. He's running around frantic, 
wondering what's going to happen because he knows his life is not worth living when they find out that the jail's opened. And he's running around worried and he's more fearful than everyone else. But I absolutely love this story at the fact that when they worshipped God for their breakthrough, when their breakthrough come, they didn't run away. I love this story because the fact that they're still sat there and probably their stocks had shaken. If it's if enough power to break open the doors, there must have been enough power to break open the stocks. And they could have run away, but he says, we're still here. And all of them were, and Paul kept everything in line. And Silas, that everyone stayed there and the jailer didn't have to worry about anything. But I love the fact that they didn't run. Our temptation is this. The breakthrough comes. We worship Jesus. We give him all of our praise and our worship. And then when our breakthrough comes, we're like, come on, Lord, you set me free. And we don't stick around for what God's about to do. We don't, we don't see that the bad situation was actually for a reason to bring about a positive for Jesus. Do you see this? The reason why they stayed is because they were led by the Spirit. They weren't led by the flesh. The flesh will tell you, up and run, get yourselves out, get out there and be comfortable. But the Spirit of God said, listen, I know you've just been worshipping God in your worst circumstance, but now stay put. They'd have been like, what? Our chance of freedom. Our chance to get out. We've not even done anything wrong. We've just commanded a spirit to come out of a slave girl. And the Spirit of God, this is the power of God, gets them to stay put. Worship is not just a single event for you. Some of us see it as a single event. But let me tell you, to be continual, it's a lifestyle. Worship is a lifestyle. It's something you take on board every single day. You don't have to be singing the latest Hillsongs track. You don't have to be getting them on the car and thinking, I can't worship God unless I've got these type of music on. Listen to me, you can worship God. I have worshipped God in my car without any music, crying out to God in tongues and in tears. Sometimes to the point where I can't even see through the windscreen. Pretty dangerous. But you know, God's with me. But listen to me. I want to encourage you. I'm not just saying that for just to make me look bigger. No, I'm not. I'm trying to tell you this because I want us to understand. If we get the core element of worship, then everything else, you'll, you will love your worship in a different way. If you go the other way around, you'll never understand what it is to sing in your heart and let your spirit connect with heaven, worshipping on a daily lifestyle. We need to be continual. They understood that true worship was submission to God and not the flesh. Submission to the Father and not to how we feel. Romans 12 verse 1, Paul says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It's a daily sacrifice. It's a daily thing for you to keep worshipping, to offer yourselves as a living sacrifice constantly for Jesus. Not for you to think, oh, I can't worship until I get this certain track or I get to church and listen to a certain song or someone leads me. Listen to me. You will have far greater worship times if you just learn that it's all about your worship to God. 
You can worship in even giving. You can worship in doing many things. You don't have to just sing a song. Worship is when you give. Worship is when you bless. Worship is when you put God at the center and submit to him and not to your flesh. Be a living sacrifice, says Paul. When the earthquake had ended, the dust settles, everything's just happened, and they stick around. I love this because the jailer ends up getting saved. The jailer ends up saying to them, guys, I, I have, I've heard you singing one thing. That was amazing. That was amazing that I heard the type of songs you were singing and praising when you were locked up. And I had the key to let you go, but you still worshipped. But secondly, the very fact that you are still here and you have not moved and I have seen the power of God. What do I need to do to be saved? Listen to me. When you really live for God and you really live for his power in your life, you won't need fancy songs to attract people to Jesus. When the power of God comes, shakes the foundations of someone's heart. They see that people worship despite their circumstances. Listen to me, this is the thing that will attract many to Jesus Christ, not to us. We could sing the best songs on planet earth, but nothing will draw a man to him other than Jesus and his spirit. The jailer gets saved. He says, what do I do? What do I do? Where's the signing up card? Where's the alpha course? Come on guys, forget about the chains. I'll let you go in a minute. But listen, tell me about Jesus. Tell me about the one who you've just been singing to. Because I've just seen what he can do. And I want to tell you, your worship will affect all those around you if you do it properly. It will affect everyone. We looked earlier at Jesus when he died on the cross. and It says darkness covered the land. And then he looked up and he thought his father had forsaken him. Then he commits his spirit in worship to God and refocuses his heart. But then what happens then? The moment that he does all these things and they all come into play, the next thing that happens there in the very same, same type of story, an earthquake happens. The ground shakes. The foundations of the earth shake when Jesus has done these very things, when he has put his father first again despite the circumstance, when he commits his spirit to him. He says that when he died, the earth shook. So much so that people in their tombs who were dead were walking out. I'd have loved to have been there. He says when darkness covered all land, the next scene is that the earth shook and people were coming out of their tombs who were dead and walking into the place where Jesus had just died. And it says that the centurion and the people around saw this. They knew that he must have been the son of God. Listen to me. It's the same principle. He puts his father first. He worships despite feeling abandoned. Despite the darkness over the land. Despite how he feels. The earth shook. And it shook so much that people were raised from the dead. You read it. It's in your Bible. You might have heard about Jesus being resurrected from the dead. When Jesus died, the power was so strong that people couldn't even contain themselves in their grave. That they walked out. And I want to tell you today, that after the darkness, just as we saw in this story, that they came out of the jail, that the jail uh, gates opened. 
And the dust settled, there was work to be done after for the people to be saved. And listen to me, Jesus, he, was aban- he felt abandoned. And the centurion watched all this and people watched it. But listen, the same thing happened. Through his worship and submission to the Father, the centurion said, he must have been the Son of God. He must have been. I want to encourage you today that people's eyes are all over us when we worship. People's eyes are watching us in our, in our lives today and everything we do in our lives, whether you're in church or not, they're watching to see if we're really worshipping and how we're submitting to our Father. And I want to encourage you that you will have an effect on people when you don't even know it. You will have an effect on people when you don't even know it. You will be like... The people who are resurrected out of the graves walking around and people are looking thinking, wow, when the earth shakes, when he worships, look, there's something special about them. Never give up on worshipping God. Worship's not just to make us feel good. But we need to die to ourselves and submit to the Father. Submit to Jesus and give him everything we have. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.